Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back. I just wanted to follow on from my last musings with something kind of, I suppose it does follow on from it and it's quite similar, but again, it's just something that's popped in my mind and it it kind of triggers some of my uh, transactional analysis training, but also the three principles stuff, if I can call it that. Is that a technical term? Stuff. Um, I read lots of lots of things. I'm I'm in the process of reading something by Dean Burnett, The Idiot Brain, which is just fascinating me. What my brain does without me even being aware that that's what it's doing. It it's it's not the best, which I think is a really good title for it because it's the idiot brain. It does fool us and befuddle us sometimes and do things that maybe we're not in control of. Yeah, I think I've spoke about this in the past that it was designed a long time ago Um, and we have three brains. I don't want to talk about three brains. I don't want to talk about the brain really, but it does kind of link into what I'm doing or it's a starting point that we've got the the reptilian brain or it's sometimes referred to as a lizard brain, which is all the reflexes and the, the earliest thing. And then came another brain that kind of stopped us from eating our young, which... It's always useful if we don't eat our children. <laughs> and then the, the final part was the logical, reasoning, decision-making part. So we kind of have three brains that are stuck together. And sometimes they work against each other, which which isn't very helpful sometimes. But anyway, I wanted this next musing to be around self-doubt. And what's that all about? Why do we have it? Where does that come from? I've, I'm sure I've spoke about him before. I've got a two-year-old grandson who is at that wonderful age in development, in psychological development, where he he doesn't really think he can't fly. <laughs> he trusts that somebody will always be there to catch him when he jumps off the couch or a tree or his imagination is amazing if he watches a a cartoon he's watching something at the moment that has got fire engines and ambulances and they save other little cartoon characters and he's got ambulances and police cars at home and he plays a game where one car gets stuck and he goes help help and then the other one comes along and saves him and he's very happy with himself and he doesn't he doesn't pay attention to our reaction to what he's doing He's in his own little world. He he doesn't change what he's doing regardless of who's in the room. He doesn't look at us for for anything at the moment. He's just enjoying life. And I often talk with regards to the three principles when I say that we're born okay. 
I, I understand that some of us are born with disabilities. I understand that some of us are born with things that, you know, aren't very pleasant. But we are okay psychologically, whatever whatever things happen to us, we are born okay. Because we don't know any difference when we're first born. It's kind of like a blank canvas. So at what point do we start to have an ego? What What is an ego? What What does it mean? And for me, my, my two-year-old grandson doesn't have any self-doubts. He's, he's, He's learning to jump. He can jump, but he doesn't. He doesn't beat himself up if he can't do it first time. If he falls over, if he hurts himself, obviously he lets us know that he's hurt himself. But he just gets up and gives it another go. He doesn't think, "Oh, yeah, I've tried it once and it didn't work, so I'll not do that again." Because you might laugh at me, or you might say something, or you might think something. He doesn't go through that process which is wonderful and I sometimes look at him and wish I could go back to being that way to not have that self-doubt to not have that that voice in my head that goes really is that what you're gonna do do you think that's wise is that something that you think people will approve of anything like that obviously there are certain things that children aren't aware of as far as safety and protection are concerned and that's where us adults in their life come into it but as an adult I would love to just have the freedom to come up with something and just run with it regardless of of what people think or regardless of those voices in my head and and part of my transactional analysis training was to look at the psychological development of children how we get to be the way that we are, our life script, the stories that we make up and and things like that. And again, overarching all of this is the three principles that our thoughts create, our feelings, that we then have an option whether we act on. So, yeah, it's not outside events that make me feel a certain way. It's my thoughts about that. And that's the crux of this for me, because when do my thoughts, when did my thoughts change? When did I suddenly become conscious of other people's opinions of me or other people's thoughts about what I was doing, how I looked, how I dressed, those sort of things. So it kind of led me to to go back to some of my transactional training. And there's a a wonderful book, I'm sure I've mentioned it before, it's Pam Levin's um, Cycles of Development. And it's a lovely book because there's some parts in it where it kind of basically just talks about the the stages of development it's called ages and stages and I do refer to it an awful lot and my grandson at the moment is 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 two um I'm not sure whether these stages have actually moved maybe a bit you know a two-year-old is now maybe functioning as a three-year-old and and you know how tween ages are suddenly a thing I'm not sure um, but I wanted to start off talking about the um, stage four, which is three to six years. And this one's called the identity stage. And it's where children start to separate fantasy from reality. And um, that's kind of what my grandson's doing now. He's in a little fantasy world. It's where kids parallel play. They look like they're playing together, but they're in their own little bubble. They're doing their own little thing, not really paying much attention to what's going on unless it's interesting or something, and then they might pay attention. But they're they're not really bothered about what's going on around them. They're not really influenced by 
by the looks of people or what people are wearing. They don't really make assumptions or judgments about things. They're just, they're quite happy. And I know part of that is because they're not looking outside of themselves. They are quite egocentric still at that age and it's all about them. Um, which, you know, as an adult, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just musing. Um, between the ages of three to six, they start to assert their own identity. Um, my grandson say no a lot and he's quite bossy. He tells us what to do a lot of the time. So he's starting to assert himself. They also learn consequences. We, we say no, don't do that. You can't do that. Stop it. Those sort of things, which again, for safety reasons, we need to do that a lot of the time. But prior to that, they, they're encouraged to do everything. We've all done the potty dance. You, do you know what I mean? When they do something and it's, woohoo, that's absolutely brilliant. And then suddenly we stop doing that. Suddenly we stop praising them for the simplest of things and we knock it up a peg. Um, I'm not saying that as adults we want people to do the potty dance and cheer and clap when we do something, but maybe it's nice. We all like a pat on the back. The next step on from that is between six um, to 12 years old, and that's the um, skillfulness and structure stage. That's stage five. And that's where we we start to test the boundaries. We start to see where we belong in the world. And in doing that, we make mistakes and we learn from those mistakes. But making those mistakes can start us to, to doubt ourselves, to doubt our ability, to question how good we are at certain things. So we've kind of lost that that free spirit where we just give it a go and see what happens. Um, we hold ourselves back. We start to have that self-doubt and lack the self-worth that we're born with and I just want to kind of explore that a little or that's what I wanted to do to say yeah just be curious what those voices are saying and do we need to listen to them we can acknowledge the voices in our head that's saying really that you're gonna do that we can thank it it's trying to look out for us we can say thanks for your you know, concern, but yeah, I'm going to run with this and I'm going to see where it goes. So no doubt I will be back with more musings on these topics, but I just wanted to to share a little of of the development that we go through, our, our self-doubt and who cares? Who cares apart from us whether we fail or not? That's an interesting one. Maybe that's one for the next time. So take care. Enjoy yourselves, push the boundaries, try something new. Who cares if you fail? Speak to you soon.